Welcome back to the Hardline. Enter at your own risk. Powered by Johnny Law Dutch Chevrolet, along with former Blue Cam Jansen, former Missouri receiver TJ Moe, Hanny Yates, and Matt Whitener. I'm Eric Messersmith. We're doing the show today from the Legends Golf Club in beautiful Eureka, Missouri. Beautiful. For the Jim Hart Celebrity Golf Classic to benefit Sunny Hill Inc. Why are you looking at me like that, TJ? You're so cute. It is. Oh, thanks, buddy. Gorgeous, Eureka. It really is. It, I, isn't it, though? Those homes coming up here, and my I told you, goodness. Classic. I didn't baby. know there was so much money out here there in is. Eureka, man. There's hillbillies and there's money. That's why it's a great combination. Yeah, and, a... and no crime, by the way. <laughs> Joining us now on the Ryan Kelly phone lines is the Cardinal beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, also on STLToday.com, and a contributor for us here at 590 The Fan, Derek Gould. How are you, sir? I'm all right. How are you guys? Doing well. The Cardinals win three out of four in Milwaukee, including the last three in a row, back to nine and ten on the year. So I guess all problems are solved, Derek. The starting pitching really is what's carrying this team. They're fourth in the league in starting pitching ERA and fourth in strikeouts. That's been one thing that's been pretty good overall for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was a big part of, you know, obviously their success there. I will add, however, that the difference between the Brewers and the Washington Nationals was also on display. Uh, You know, I mean, some of those games, the Cardinals make mistakes defensively and make mistakes base running, um, any of those things that they did, they're not winning those games against some better teams. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about Adam Wainwright. It, it happened Friday nights just a few days ago, but, man, that was an encouraging start. He looked like the old Waino, at least at times, only made it through five innings. Pitch count got a little high, but that's something to build on. What did you see from him Friday that maybe was a little different than what he had been doing? Well, I think, you know, first of all, he, he had – better location sort of a, a less uh, less maybe maybe less predictable not just location less predictable with his um with his location and talking with him after the start there in new york it really struck me that you know whatever it was whether it was pitch sequence or whatever tipping pitch or whatever it was there seemed to be some sense that he was at least making pitcher or hitters aware of what was coming i mean you saw some of his uh, some of the yankee hitters were geared up um, they, they either knew they knew what count he was going to throw, what pitch. Um, you know, he got, he got in a in a bind where he was in a spot, or he was got in a spot where he was kind of bound by what pitch he knew would work. And once hitters can start eliminating pitches or know what direction he's likely to go in a count, then the pitcher becomes predictable. You don't even have to tip pitches or shout from the mound what he's going to throw. It's just it becomes very clear what he can trust. And you know, then the hitter bend or the count bends in the hitter's favor, and he can go in that direction. And I think we saw some of that. Um, there was there was more uh, more diversity to to what Wainwright was able to throw out there against Milwaukee. I think he also helps from a lot of knowledge of some of those key hitters that he has. He faced them a lot, comfort at that ballpark, all those things. Um, but yeah, I think overall you kind of saw him um, go about things in a way that not only find success that night but duplicate again and that that's probably a bigger takeaway 
Derek Gould, the Cardinal beat writer for the Post-Dispatch, joining us here on the Ryan Kelly phone lines. The bullpen ERA still looks very ugly, Derek. It's 5.63, which is 28th in the league. But that's kind of skewed because Segris and Broxton have been so bad, they're dragging that down. To me, the encouraging thing was Brett Cecil strikes out the side in a key spot Friday yeah. night, gets out of a bases-loaded jam in the eighth. Sungwon Oh, after some really rocky performances, get th- gets three straight saves. So I'm personally feeling a lot better about the bullpen than certainly that ERA uh, reveals. What do you think? I think it's coming into form. I mean, you had – I mean, this is something that we've talked a lot about, um, certainly in the, in the paper coming out of spring, and I think even on, on discussions with you guys, is that one of the things that really was unsettled in spring and, and sort of loomed as something that they were going to have to figure out on the fly in April was the bullpen. Part of that was just because of the lack of availability of guys, but also it was how some of the guys looked. You know, Segris um, dealt with some uh, kind of soreness during spring, had some dead arm, which he discussed. Some Just the life wasn't what he expected to, or what he expected on, on his pitches. Uh, Brett Cecil came out of spring, didn't have much of a feel for his off-speed stuff. Um, not unusual. He had an April like that last year, and an April like that the year before. I mean, this was a guy who Sorry, I had to feel his way through early parts of the season in each of the past two years just because of the nature of that pitch. O had such an odd schedule, you know, with the World Baseball Classic, not just the World Baseball Classic, but the World Baseball Classic in Korea. So he added another lengthy international flight and return flight to his spring um, that really kind of threw off his schedule you know and um he wasn't he didn't appear all that much and he, he, they gave him time to kind of recover from jet lag and also didn't have quite a feel for his pitches i think what you're seeing now and let also let us also add quickly that trevor rosenthal started the season on the dl so what you're seeing now is with rosenthal pitching well it allows so many of those other guys to stay in their lanes if seegers were pitching well then it would even be that much better um, because everybody could kind of stay in their lanes. But Bowman has kind of picked up where um, Segrist hasn't been. Um, that's been helpful. And you're seeing them kind of round in their shape, most of all with their roles. And they can't stress this enough, but their feels for, for their pitches, particularly with Cecil and all. Derek, what's your take on Kevin Segrist, where he's at right now? I mean, it just seems like a lot of things he's been going to hasn't worked out for him. Um, do you think it's a case of the wear and tear over the last yeah. years, which has been talked about a lot, maybe catching up, or is it just getting over a rough patch in general? Well, I think those are one and the same. Uh, I think, you know, he just, he, he's been used quite a bit. Uh, hard to find a lefty who's been used more or appeared in more games than Kevin Segrist over the last few years. And um, he's been used in high leverage spots. Um, high stress spots, and you know that that comes with a, you know, it comes with a price eventually. And you see the flatness, kind of the lack of zip on things, and you know that that's. I mean, he describes it as dead arm. You know that that's kind of just the the piling up of innings, and it can be a rough stretch that a guy gets through. It could be rest. It could be just uh just you know the arm starts feeling better, whatever. Just a kind of treatment that takes hold of anything. Um, that, that gives him the jump that he needs to, to get back to it. So I, I think it is a mix of both. Now, I think that the analysis of the team as a whole is just it's night and day different from where it was uh, a week ago when they were you know going in, the, going in the Pittsburgh series and having the struggles that they had. But now at least the record is better, and some of the <laughs> chips have fallen in their favor. With, uh, <laughs> with the series with the Blue Jays, with the Reds, and the uh, Brewers on deck here all at home, 
How big of a chance is it for the Cardinals to really put some distance between themselves and the bottom half of the division that they'll be playing a lot in? No, I think I think you made a great point. I mean, this this homestand lays out for a chance for them to uh, not just have a, a 500 record, you know, by the end of the series against the the Blue Jays when you think about it, but to put some distance between themselves and 500 and wherever that puts them. Um, you know, in the standings, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously that would suppress the Brewers. That would catch the Reds. Um, not really sure, you know, if those are the teams that they need to preoccupy themselves with or even if they need to preoccupy themselves with where they fit in the standings because, um, you know, they've almost been given a mulligan here, right? I mean, all the teams in the NL Central either have eight, nine, or ten wins. There isn't one that has distance itself. So they're not in a chase. I know it's really early. Um, you know, but they but they have been given a chance to kind of, all right, you know, nineteen twenty two games is was that well twenty two games I guess it would be, um, you know, they they could be eleven and eleven at the end of twenty two games almost say all right we'll start from scratch and move on from here and oh by the way you know the the schedule is, is supple enough to allow them to kind of take off I mean they they have a friendlier stretch here than they had to start the year and I think that'll that'll offer them some opportunity to to do what you say I, you know whether whether that puts them well ahead or right on the heels of the Cubs or even ahead of the Cubs I'm not sure that this is the time what some Mike Claiborne says don't look at the standings till flag day but I think you can look at the record and and the distance they put between them and 500 is important and and that's available to them now Derek, position players are hitting 185 with runners in scoring positions. Yeah. Um, pitchers, led by Lake Wainwright and Walker, are hitting 286 <laughs> in these spots, which is you know not the stats you expected to see, and definitely you want to see changes with that. How would you go about changing this? Would you say this is kind of just a common theme right now with guys being a little inconsistent at bat, or would you say you'd switch up the lineup or, or try out different guys? What would you say the best thing to do to, to fix this? That's, it's a good question because – not only are they hitting below 200 with runners in scoring position, like you mentioned, they're slugging 312 with runners in scoring position. And, you know, Benjamin Hockman and I recorded a podcast earlier today for stltoday.com and the best podcast in baseball, if I can offer a plug there, where we talk about, (laughs) you know, their offense, the way they have it designed, they need to rely on timely hits. They're they're an OBP-based offense. Um, They have some slug in there they have guys who can slug you know diaz has done well carpenter has it in them um fowler from the leadoff spot is good slugging but they're they're an on-base percentage based offense outside of you know kind of the jerkos um and that that clump of hitters there but for that to work they have to get timely hits for that to work they have to do damage with runners in scoring position they can't they, you know they can only load the bases so far to, you know, to push one run in i mean if they get four walks they will score a run they will unless they get picked off which i guess is also possible they will score <laughs> a run just by the fact that there isn't anybody anywhere else to put the person but to really have some crooked numbers you got to have some timely hits and to do that you have to have the ball in play which is what the team several years ago did so well it put the ball in play it made action happen and as a result it benefited with an absurdly high um batting average of runners in scoring position this this team isn't quite there yet i mean it's got strikeouts it's got walks um, but it but it doesn't have that kind of ball in play to produce with the runner runners in scoring position maybe derek the solution they just need to pinch hit with the pitcher 
when there's guys in scoring position. Just put, pull Wainwright or Leak yeah, off the bench. That, and uh, That would be what we call a red herring in the business. I think that's <laughs> like a misleading stat. Um, you know, I yeah, think probably so. I don't. I think that the, I think it's far more likely that that latter risk is. I think both will have a regression of the mean, and maybe a month from now be flipped. Let me ask you a two-parter about Johnny Peralta. First do of I all, if, when he gets over his, you do <laughs> when he gets over his upper respiratory thing, whatever that, whatever's going on with him. <laughs> what's the roster move? Because you know, obviously Lions would have to clear waivers, Sokolovich would have to clear waivers. There's not an obvious roster move. And then secondly. Assuming he's still with the team when this upper respiratory infection heals, what's your best uh, guess as to his role with the team the rest of the season? Well, all those things—I mean, neither of those things is really like clear right now, right? When, like, when he comes back five days, ten days, um, three days from now, whenever it is, don't really know who all will be healthy at that point, right? I mean, an injury could make the decision for them. Um, like it did with Tyler Lyons. Tyler Lyons is back with the team sooner than they expected because they put Peralta on the DL, so it created a spot. Peralta could come back from the DL because some other injury happened where they had to make a move, and that other injury could also clarify his role. I, I think he's in this spot where um, they're not going to make moves to clear way for him, but he's available should moves be required because others have made way for him, if that makes sense. Um, I, think, I think he's just in that spot. And, you know, Mike Matheny was talking to a, a few of us, I think, during the, yeah, during the, during the last homestand there against the Pirates. And, you know, I, I was asking about Peralta and sort of what you were saying, that weird kind of spot he's in with his role. And Mike made the point that he's got to make the most of his opportunities. It's just not clear when he's going to get those opportunities. You know, there's there's not going to be a priority for those opportunities. But if he takes off, then we've seen other guys, you know, get a, a whisper or a hint or just a shot at playing time and make the most of it. It's, it's not ideal for Peralta. It's not a role that he is familiar with, but it's the role he has. One more before we let you go, Derek. Jose Martinez got two of four starts over the weekend. He's still leading yeah. the team on a lot of offensive categories. How much do you think he, he should be playing? Do you think two out of four is good, or do you think it should be more? Oh, those are my options? <laughs> well, pick any option you want. If you were the manager, you're Mike Matheny. Yeah. Help us all. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think Martinez is the type of guy that benefits and thrives with, uh, with a matchup-type thought, right? Okay. Like, in, there are guys that you just wouldn't want him to face. There are guys you think he'd have problems with, or there are certainly um, a history that you can look at for that, that he has of the guys he thrives against. So I think, you know, making decisions based on matchups um, makes a lot of sense with him. And then, you know, two out of four is already an expansion over what it was previously. So it speaks to that he's done well with those opportunities and can continue to grow. I, I think you really kind of play by you look for opportunities to start him um, by looking for matchups that make it beneficial to start him thank you very much Derek we appreciate the time man great knowledge as always all right guys thanks always a pleasure thanks D thanks D
Derek Gould, our Cardinal insider, and also, of course, the beat writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Find his work also on stltoday.com. Joining us on the Ryan Kelly phone line, this Cardinal report brought to you by Budweiser, pursuing the American dream since 1876. This Bud's for you. We're at the Jim Hart Celebrity Golf Classic at the Legends Golf Club here in Eureka to benefit Sunny Hill, Inc. Yeah, yeah. And joining us now is CJ, right, one of the participants or one of the beneficiaries of, of this event, correct? Absolutely. CJ's lived in one of our residential settings for many years and participates also in some of our other activities, and he can tell you a little bit about that. Cool. What do you got going there, CJ? What's, well, tell us about it a little bit, bud. Well, today I was down here at, at the um, um, Legends Golf Course, passing out pretzels day for Sunny Hill and, give, and, and doing raffle tickets, too. And I go... And I go, and I live at Sunny Hill Camp. Cool. And Sunny Hill is located in uh, Jefferson County and uh, and um, St. Louis County. And we we um, have a Sunny Hill U program that um, uh, um, did you participate that in? Participate in at, at at camp, and and we're putting up a new rec building down at down at camp, and they're about ready to open it next month. Cool. On the ceremony and everything, then we're, then I like doing um, and I and I work down at camp. Uh, and what do you do di- at camp? Uh, dishes, and then I um, like going to camp. Rob, I know Rob. Rob's director at camp, and he and, and we um, and at camp we have uh, counselors coming from all around the world to um, do be camp counselors during the summertime, and then we then I live in a house on camp with two roommates and then we um my favorite thing at camp is um zipline and the tower and the tower is um located in the back of the woods near the um lake and the zipline goes across the lake too is oh, that pretty cool. is that cool is it is it, well, come on, is it scary because yeah. i get scared very easily yeah, with scary. a lot of things is it scary but if you yeah. do it then i think i could probably do it right or you I climbed the tower before too i made it all the way to the top you're really? tougher you're a lot tougher than all of us let's mm-hmm. be completely honest here mm-hmm. so you have fun there so you do zip lining you do all kinds of activities and what else do you got going over there what else do you um, do bud we do well we have a new rec center opening up oh soon. nice yeah, cool. It's for the clients in case it rains. They can have something to do when it rains. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Because what else are you going to do if it rains? Run outside and just get wet, I guess, huh? <laughs> we have a, well, at, at in the rec center, we have a full, we, we have a court, a basketball court. Uh, I think we're going to have like a track in it. Oh, cool. And, and archery, too. Archery? Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. Have you shot a bow and arrow before? Uh, one year I was at camp, I did. You did? Yeah, I've never I've been done going that. to camp for years. Yeah, oh, yeah, you probably know what's up. You know how to do all that zip line, shooting arrows, hanging out with everybody. What a cool, cool thing to do, man. You should be, wow, you're lucky. You're how long, lucky. How long have you been going to camp? Uh, I've been working there for, I went to camp. Well, for how I learned learned about this program is from one of my teachers. and uh, Well, Vicki, I was on the school board and she told my foster parent about she she found she found out that I need my foster parent was ill at the time and they said I needed somewhere to stay to go to and I and Vicky suggested to my to my DFS worker to have about Sunny Hill you know and and she knew Sunny Hill and stuff so so I got I came there and what year did I come to Sunny Hill 2006, oh, I wow. came to Sunny Hill. How about that? 
I've been living there since I'm until since eleven um, years. Eleven You're years a I've been living there. You're a and, veteran. Yep. Yeah. We are at the Legends Golf Club for the Jim Hart Celebrity Golf Classic, benefiting Sunny Hill Lincoln. Joining us are CJ, who you just heard from, and also Vicky James, the CEO and president of Sunny Hill. Vicky, tell us about what this golf event means for your organization. This golf event provides much needed funds for the individuals that we support. We have some funding sources that help send people to camp and on some of the programs that we do, but there's always a copay involved. So it's usually $100 or okay. $200 depending, and so this kind of fills that gap to help give opportunities for people that otherwise that they would not have them. What a cool concept. Yeah, and Sunny Hill, you guys do so much. CJ was just telling us about some of the things. What are, are, are other things that Sunny Hill provides? We do residential support for 87 individuals currently that we staff the homes 24-7. We are in five counties in, in Missouri. We also do behavior supports, which that usually entails doing in-home supports for families that need uh, help with children that are usually 12 and under that have autism or other developmental disabilities, that there just may be some behaviors that come along with those disabilities, and they need our support, whether it's in the school setting or in the home setting. We also do um, what we call our ISLA support, which is individuals that live in their own apartment and maybe only need our support 8 to 10 hours a week. How can people get in contact with you guys? They could call our South County office, and that phone number is 314-845-3900, or they can look us up on our website at sunnyhillinc.org. Sunnyhillinc.org. Uh-huh. Oh, what a cool, cool thing. And I know, well, you run the show over there, CJ. We all know that. We heard that right when I got here. I know CJ runs a show at Sunny Hill. So uh, you're a pretty popular guy over there one way or the other, man. I hope you have a good time because everybody knows that you're over there and a lot of people are going there because of you. So I, uh, I hope you have a good time over there. It seems like you're having a blast, dude. Yeah, I am, and and, and today it's pretty fun to be here, and and one of these days I'm hoping to be on the ISA side and be my own guardian one of these days. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's, That's exactly awesome. what we should strive for, no doubt about it. Buddy. Our mission is to always teach independence and whatever that yep. means for the individual we support. So in G- CJ's case, he's looking to absolutely. maybe become his own guardian and be in his own apartment. Well, good for you, And CJ. I see, Vicky, you've got a lot of celebrities here. Is that Ken Bone standing right over yeah. there? Yeah, it is. Wow. That's Ken Bone. The Bone Dog. I saw him. <laughs> yeah. What's up, buddy? I love it. Well, thank you so much thank for joining guys. us, Vicky, and thank you, CJ. Thanks, CJ. You're the man. Thank you. Thank All you right. very for much for the me. opportunity cool. to tell our story. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And, again, that's Sunny Hill Lincoln. You said 314-845-3900, right? Okay, so that's the phone number. Make sure you give them a call. And And ask for CJ, by the way, because he runs the show over there, and everybody knows that. Right on, CJ. You're the man. And again, yeah, he did good. Yeah, that was awesome. Good for him. Man. We're at the Legends Golf Club here in Eureka for the Jim Hart Celebrity Classic, benefiting Sunny Hill Link here on the hard line on 590 The Fan. For everything you want to know, for everything you need to know, live on radio, here's Matt Rocchio with the Hardline News Update. Cardinals are off tonight after coming off a six-win week. They get underway tomorrow night at 7-15. They will start a 10-game homestand. It will be game one of a three-game series versus the Toronto Blue Jays. The first matchup in that series will be Michael Waka versus the righty Marco Estrada. Round two for the Blues gets underway on Wednesday evening. Puck drop at Scott Trade is set for 7 p.m. A Massachusetts judge has ordered copies of the three Aaron Hernandez suicide notes handed over to Hernandez's fiance after requesting court earlier today. A Florida state attorney said they won't decide whether NFL prospect and former Gator 
Caleb Brantley will be formally charged with Mr. Beaner's simple battery. The attorney said he doesn't care about the draft, and Brantley right now is is projected to go somewhere in the second round. I'm Matt Rocchio with your 590 Sports Report. Thank you very much for that, Rock. 855-282-8255. That's the text line and also the Ryan Kelly phone line, 855-282-TALK. As I mentioned, we're at the Legends Golf Club. And speaking of golf, if you're someone who likes to get out, you need to come here to Legends, but you also need to take advantage of the KFNS Gateway Golf Card. You could take advantage of big savings all season long. There's less than 50 cards left on sale now through Listener Rewards at InsideSTL.com. You get four 18-hole rounds with a cart one nine-hole round with a cart and two large buckets of practice range balls over a $250 in golf value for just 125 bucks. Play Tapawingo, Aberdeen, the Quarry at Crystal Springs, Belk Park, and Creve Core. Less than 50 of these cards remain, and once they're gone, they're gone. You can make tee times anytime Monday through Friday and afternoon on the weekends. Best of all, again, cart fee is included. Save over 50% on golf this spring and summer with the KFNS Gateway Golf Cart. It's on sale now at InsideSTL.com. Eric Messersmith, Cam Jansen, TJ Moe, Matt Whitener, and Hanning Yates. Howard Balzer, our NFL insider, is going to join us next as we look ahead to Thursday's NFL Draft. It's the hard line here on 590 The Fan, 105.7 HD2 FM, and InsideSTL.com.